Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Now, Jay. Yeah. I want to ask you, what is he saying? One in a million still on the grind? 100 million. 100 million. 100 I, I, you know, I just do this. It's all I do. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea what the dude was saying. Sound like he was saying one in a million. One, I, I'm like, huh? Hey, that's the, that's the club move, Key. When you're in the club, he's like, yeah. He's a member, I don't member, know. And I just sit there and just, hey. Just say the word you know. You just like, feel huh? the vibes. You feel the energy. One in a million on the grind? Is that? Keyshawn J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio, ESPN 2, Sirius XM, smart speaker. ESPN app. We're That's on. That's why you love Key. I love it. We have a podcast you can download. Crazy Are you, got, are you guys NBA. okay? Are you two okay? Are we, are, yeah. we, are we back? What happened? No, I just saying it was a spirited conversation. Mm. See the way I framed that? Man, I can't. Spirited I, move on to the next. Jay, no, no, Jay, you're trying I, to I suck can't. us back Why, into the last move segment. On, Evan? It was a legit, it was a great. It was our greatest segment of the first just, hour. I just can't listen to Max. It's That's okay. All. It's fine. Jay, let it go. Right, he has right. learned something new, and it just makes oh, him smart. All right, listen. I can't oh, wow. listen to him okay. a, at all. It was a crazy night in the NBA. Joel Embiid went for 50. But what was insane is in those 27 minutes that he played as a team, it, oh, Embiid was outscored 52 to 50. Embiid was outscored. <laughs> Like, it's insane. The reigning MVP, Nikola Jokic, had 49. Mm. And then there's what happened. <clears throat> by the way, with a triple-double. Nobody times. talks about him in their MVP voting, no. though, by the way. Just saying. Jokic deserves to be in the conversation. I think- Stop <laughs> it, Yates. You are a Jokic hater. I just got to keep I, the I can't do nothing honest around here, man. Yeah, keep them honest, man, because I can't do nothing. I keep telling you, Jay, I can't do nothing with it either. What are y'all talking Jokic about? Just because y'all don't like it yeah. don't mean it ain't effective as hell in the league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your PR is off the you know, charts. Hey, Jay, Jay. You, know, you know me. It's only effective if one thing happens. They win a chip. That ring. Yeah. No, I, I think that's legit. You have to okay, see who yeah. succeeds in the playoffs. Although, Denver was down – like, you can't do it by yourself. You need help. And they were down their, their other most important pieces. But anyway, let's get to the real news yesterday. It's with the Los Angeles Lakers. Because just hours after Frank Vogel addressed his job security, saying, I don't feel like I'm under siege, mm. Lakers lost to the Pacers, 111-104. They outscored the Lakers 35-24 in the fourth. Vogel benched Russell Westbrook for the final three minutes, 52 seconds of the game. Think about that. Lakers had a deal. It was reported, oh, Buddy Heald is going. He can shoot and all this. Nope, nope. Last second, it's like they got Westbrook. DeMar DeRozan wanted to be there as well. But, but Westbrook was like the highest pitched talent. Let's just put three superstars together and hope it works out. It has not yet. Westbrook benched, left the arena without speaking to reporters. What happened with Westbrook and the Lakers, Jay? There's, there's a lot to unpack here. And Key and I were talking about this before. I, I, um, I don't think this is – Frank Vogel is obviously a big symptom here because Frank Vogel, when this team was first assimilated uh, – assembled, excuse me, it was a defensively-minded team. You have personnel that was defensive-minded. They ranked 27th in the league in points allowed per game. So this team is drastically different. I, I counted last night over 25 layups or dunks in the paint. Like, so they're going smaller sometimes with LeBron at the five. Granted, AD is out. They had Melo at the five last night guarding DeMontis Sabonis, which I feel like I can score in any pick and roll if Melo's guarding the big coming to set the pick on me. 
seriously, because it's hard for him to get out. And he's, he stretches the floor offensively. But, Key, th- this team just doesn't fit. And when you have older players who aren't bought into bringing that energy every single night and actually defending, it leaves gaps. And LeBron is having an incredible year. But the pieces just don't fit. It's that simple now, to me. Yeah, and, and when you look at the pieces, right, there's a KP, KCP's gone, Caruso's in Chicago. You mentioned DeMar DeRozan. I don't know if the Lakers could have paid him the type of money that Chicago was able to give him in free agency. I don't think the Lakers had the type of salary cap space. And then you say, well, they took on Westbrook's money, but I think it had something to do with the trading and all that sort of stuff. But when you look at it from a, a standpoint of Frank Vogel, yeah, his defense with the year we won the championship was lights out because of the personnel. This personnel is a little bit different. It and it may take a little bit more time, you know, to get everybody on the same page when you talk about the way Westbrook was benched last night because he didn't do the things defensively that the Lakers wanted him to do. And that's all about learning. It's not that he can't do it. It's not that he's not giving the effort. It's more about he's doing it the wrong way. So in the end, the decision was made. We might want to bench him because he's not doing it the way that we need him to do it. So therefore, it's affecting us, and we could potentially lose this game. So, Key, which I want, they wind up losing anyway. I, I, I want you to think about something with the Westbrook trade because I they went all in, but for me, the Lakers have had so many young assets that you just watch continue to flourish on other teams, right? So for that trade in particular, Kyle Kuzma. Like, he's been having a ball-out year with the Washington Wizards. You can have him. Go ahead. Oh, okay. All yep. right. It's fine. Yep. Uh, KCP, defensive guy. Nice little piece. Montrez yep. Harrell, who obviously there were some questions last year about how the rotation was working. A lot of those questions. Six-man energizer but guy with the boards. Yep. Because of that deal for Russell, then you couldn't pay Alex Caruso. Right? So, you let go of some legitimate pieces from a youth perspective that make this team different. Comes down to two things for me, though, guys. One is, and I think, Key, you're right, like, you got to teach the def- like what you want the guys to do on defense. So if it doesn't work, there has to be a consequence to get it in their muscle memory, right? Like, oh, i got to do this. There's, there should be urgency. But there are two issues. One, all the different pieces that they let go, none of those guys are real difference makers at an elite level if you're looking to win a championship, right? Those are complementary pieces. But no, that's not true, though. Hold on. Who's an elite player? Among no, the that's not J's. true. That's that they they won the championship because of those dudes. Well, they, they, case, but I mean. they but they actually made a package of even more talented guys than that to bring in AD and AD and LeBron were able to stay healthy and win a chip together because you so, had depth and you gave okay, up depth. But, with but that's always you, what Jay, you have to you do go, in the beginning. Jay, you gave up that depth. You always have to do that in the beginning if you want to assemble. If you if if it's not through the draft, if you're assembling a roster of superstars, you're always going to give up depth to do it at first to get the big piece, right? In the NBA, you don't want to break a dollar into four quarters, but you'll always trade four quarters, make it a dollar. That's the basic rule of thumb. But, my, but without getting bogged down, you so there's there's the one thing where you'll do that. They want a championship. They got a championship yeah. out of that first move where they traded all those guys and brought in AD. Now, the next thing is that usually works if there's a superstar involved. And the question is Westbrook's value as a star player at the moment. He just got benched. The, it's, the fit isn't great. Is he still a superstar player? Yeah, he's still a superstar player. Just it's, it's, He's in the wrong situation right now. The Lakers actually didn't really need to do a whole lot to get over the hump. You got to remember a year ago, Jay, as you know, having played in the NBA, they got injured at the wrong time mm-hmm. 
if they didn't get injured at the wrong time, come out of the West. They would come out. It could have come out of the West. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I don't know why they made all these wholesale changes at the end of the day. Well, it was really one big change to bring, if you want to bring a max contract type guy in, you got to move the pieces around, right? You're going to lose wholesale, some but that's but that's wholesale changes when you're getting rid of multiple players for one or two guys. That's multiple changes Jay, the, that the, they did not need can, to make. Can I answer your question? Yep. yep. He's a still he's still an elite player. Absolutely. He's just not an elite player, I don't think, as much when LeBron James and him are on the court at the same time. It's the fit. They both need the that ball. That fit yeah. is so it's so off. That's like when people say to me, well, yeah, they're going to try to package something for Ben Simmons. I'm like, why would you do that? Like, you can't have, <laughs> you can't have another version of that with LeBron. Like, LeBron needs some – it makes you think about – here's something that Brian Windhorst threw out yesterday that actually made you think about it. And I'm not saying Russ – would do this, he would take a little bit less money, but it's like, well, Russell Westbrook would be willing to go back to Houston for John Wall, right? And, and like, um, uh, I'm drawing a blank on his name. The shooter, three-point guy, Eric, um, played at Indiana. Wow, a lot of names. Eric Gordon, thanks. Thanks, yeah, Yates. Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, then you have more of a guard that can shoot a little bit with John Wall to a degree, right? But more of a playmaker. Does, it kind of needs the ball in his hands, but not as much. And you have Eric Gordon that can help you space out the floor. You, that fit that you think when it comes to playoff time, crunch time, no these doubt. Two, that's going to be a, that's. We're not even talking about that. We're just talking about the regular season. Does it fit? Yet alone in the playoffs, there are two things. But the, but one Jay. is the, one is the big like I believe the reason they made those changes, Key J, is because the Nets had a big three and the Lakers were looking to answer it. They wanted to answer their big three with their own. But now the fit. When you think about this Lakers team, if even if everyone's healthy, who shoots the three? Because in, in the modern NBA, you got to have some guys who can really knock it down. It's not LeBron. LeBron's like the best shooter on the team who plays 30-plus minutes a night. That can't be. But it is. Westbrook doesn't shoot it. AD doesn't shoot it. He shoots it okay for a 7-foot type guy, but not for a regular NBA player. The star power jumps off the page for the Lakers, but as far as a team, they're nowhere close to what Golden State or Phoenix are. Hey, leave us they're alone, Jay. No, no, it's just the reality of where they are, Key. Like, we're talking about team, team basketball is dominating the league right now, especially in the West. That style of play. Phoenix mimics to a degree the way the Warriors play, right? That style that the Lakers play right now does not fit anywhere close to team chemistry as it relates to the top of the Western Conference. It doesn't. Mm. Mm. It's a real thing. Yeah. It's a real thing. Westbrook has great second halves, though. He does. Regular season he second halves. He has great. I yeah, know. The ball's been in second his hands half all the time. Ain't the second well, the half. the second half, better hurry up and get here. Yeah. Damn it. Exactly. This is Keyshawn J. Will and Max coming to you live from above the Heineken River deck at Pier 17. The top seed in the return of the king. Is it enough? For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, 
so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. So what should you watch in the divisional round of the playoffs? Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. We'll tell you right now. It's time for Take Your Pick. Evan, what do we got? All right, let's start with the matchup. Uh, first matchup of the weekend, Bengals and the Titans. Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase versus Ryan Tannehill, A.J. Brown. The combination, who are you taking, Key? Woo, I'm taking Burrow and Chase. I'm not even thinking about it. This is a matchup made in heaven. Two guys that went to LSU together. They've just been phenomenal. People tried to tell me, and I wouldn't listen, that they were going to light up the scoreboard in the National Football League. But I was wrong. Now I'm right because I'm picking them. There's the Keyshawn analyst voice. I love it when it comes on. I'm going with Joe Pink Shades Prince Burrow. That's what I'm just – something about the way he plays along with Jamar Chase – we had Coach Odrin on the other day about their chemistry, that they threw 10,000 balls to each other uh, throughout the course of the summer. I think that those reps, that experience, that familiarity is massive. Yeah, easy. Burrow and Chase, for exactly what Jay said, not only are they each individually great, but then they got ridiculous reps in the game already at their age. Burrow and Chase, hands down. All right, sticking with that game, Derrick Henry, Joe Mixon, if Derrick Henry's back. Who has a better game, Key? I want to ask you this, Evan. Who do you think have a better game? Cause I think Joe I'm Mixon. Take, see, I'm going to take the opposite side. I'm going to go with Derrick Henry, and the reason I believe that is because they're going to force feed Derrick Henry. They're going to make sure the big guy gets the football. They're not bringing him back to sit on the sidelines. They're not bringing him back to be a cardboard cutout. They're bringing him back because a year ago he had him in a position to compete. A year before that, he had him in a position to compete for a Super Bowl title. He gives them the best chance to win. Yeah, I'm going with Derrick Henry, man. The guy that played just eight games a season still finished in top ten in carries, yards, and rushing TDs. That's just insane. I can't go against that. This is actually tough because what Evan said and what Key said, like uh, the Bengals are going to try to throw it on the Titans, but the Titans know that. So does that mean they get that Bengals get the run because the Titans want them to run? So mm. Mixon has a big game. And on the other hand, the Bengals are banged up as in terms of the run defense, as Diana Rossini said. But I've seen games this year where they're sneaky good against the run. I got to say, Henry, though, I've seen him in the playoffs do it too many times. Yeah, I just think Mixon's going to get a lot of opportunity. And the Bengals' offense, they won't be able to score quickly because their their defense is going to be on the field for a long time the way the Titans run the ball and have sustained drives. I think the Bengals are going to have to be focused on getting Mixon the ball early and, and trying to sustain drives themselves. That's yeah, a good question. Mm, I love you. Devontae your Adams or Debo Samuel, who has a bigger impact? Take your pick, Key. Well, I'm going, I'm going with Devontae Adams. If you watch football, you watch the San Francisco 49ers, and you see what they do with Debo Samuel, it's great. Go back and watch the Green Bay Packer game the first time around in the regular season. They bottled Debo Samuels up while Devontae Adams still had a Devontae Adams-type football game. And then when you want to look on the defensive side of the ball, whose secondary do you trust the most? I, tr- I trust the Green Bay Packers secondary over the San Francisco 49ers. Aaron Rodgers is throwing the guy to football. Jimmy Garoppolo is trying to get Debo Samuels to football. I'm going to pick Debo Samuels here. I just think he has the ability to make a big impact as Kyle Shanahan likes to use him with the variety of options in which he could present. 
And uh, look, Devontae Adams. That's the is best arm on the team. Absolute beast. But I've seen the way they've utilized Debo Samuels, and I think he's going to be critical in this game. I, it's Debo Samuel, not yeah, Samuel. So Samuel, sorry. Debo. I mean, sorry, singular. It's not two. I, Debo. I, yeah. I, I, just I on said Debo. that. I said that. It's my bad. I wanted to clean it up. Oh. Here comes Debo. Evan jumped in your ear. Tuck your chain. Debo's coming. I, I, <laughs> Debo Samuel is is completely versatile. Like you can, you shut him down in one phase of the game. You can go to another. But I agree with Key. Aaron Rodgers is throwing. Devontae Adams. You know, like that's it's like Burrow and Chase. Good luck. It's Devontae Adams. All right. Gronk and Evans versus OBJ and Cooper Cup. Which combo has a better game on Sunday? Take your pick. Mm. Woo! I'm gonna go with OBJ and Cooper Cup. I think Cooper Cup, obviously, we know what he is. 145 catches, almost 2,000 yards. I think 17 touchdowns in the air. OBJ is coming alive late in the season. Had a huge first playoff game for the Rams. Um, I think Mike Evans and and Gronk is fine, but I just think that Sean McVay is going to try to exploit the defense secondary of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'll go Cup and OBJ. How about this? Cooper Cup had more receiving yards than Evans and Gronk combined this season. Just, only, all, just only, off principle, I'll go with Cooper Cup and OBJ. It's so hard to pick against Brady Gronk in the in the like in January, <laughs> but I think the most important non-quarterback in these playoffs is Aaron Donald because of what like look at what it means for the guys around him rushing the quarterback. So I'm gonna go with the Rams guys because I think it's gonna be tough for the Bucks to win this game. All right, let's get to the quarterbacks: Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. Sunday night football key. Who you got? Take this a is a big game. Uh, Josh Allen lit him up the first time around, the beginning of the season, but I don't think he goes back into Arrowhead and duplicates that first performance. I think Patrick Mahomes is on to something. We saw him last week against the Pittsburgh Steelers. He torched that secondary. I think he continues to repeat that performance. I'm going with Patrick Mahomes. I'm going to go with Josh Allen here. I, I feel like the Bills have always been the little brother to Kansas City. And the way they played against the Pats – the way Josh Allen is able to keep plays alive with his feet, how they got Singletary involved, how they were throwing the ball, what that defense looked like, I think I think they're about to prove that they are now the big brother. I think that this is like this is when rivals make each other better. I don't think the regular Chiefs thing that they do is enough to beat this Bills team. I think they have to raise their game. But I think the rivalry will force the Chiefs to be better than we've seen them yet in this era. And so I'm going to say Patrick Mahomes, just on my feeling that Josh Allen and that defense are going to force him to raise his game. Like, I, I think it's going to be Mahomes. Mm. Max Kellerman's right again. <laughs> I think I know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Aaron Rodgers, Jimmy G, not who plays better. Who's more likely with their team next season? Key, take oh, your pick. I think it's Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers wins the Super Bowl this year over the Kansas City Chiefs, and he stays in Green Bay. Who's more likely to stay? I mean, Jimmy G is definitely – I don't think he's staying in San Fran. I guess I would go Aaron Rodgers in. Guess yeah, I, Aaron I, Rodgers. I guess I would say Aaron Rodgers, Aaron? but I think there's a non-negligible chance that they play for each other's teams, that they bait that they're <laughs> – Swap. I think, I think you could swap out – both quarterbacks in San Fran 
sent him to the Packers as part of a larger deal to get Aaron Rodgers. Oh, my goodness. Give him a now and later for Rodgers plus draft picks. I just oh, I had a sneaking suspicion. Joe Montana, Aaron Rodgers, huh? All right, how about the coaches in that game? Good friends. Matt LaFleur, Kyle Shanahan, take your pick. Matt LaFleur? LaFleur. Um, I'm going to take Matt LaFleur because he, he, he has the quarterback, and, and so I got to go with him. He has the quarterback. Yeah. The Fleur has the quarterback, but Kyle Shanahan is still the better coach. And I, I sometimes think that this year, obviously them going through some of their issues, we started to criticize Kyle Shanahan a lot, uh, but he's definitely proved a lot of that criticism wrong. I can't say who's the better coach. I don't know. But I, I do know this. LaFleur's gone 13-3, and 13-3, and 13-3, and three, and he's in two NFC championship games, and I'll guarantee you this. He is not taking the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands on fourth down again. If it comes to it, I'm going to go with LaFleur. Mm. All right, last one. Another coach matchup. Bruce Arians, Sean McVay. Take your pick, Key. Well, Bruce Arians is is got great coordinators in, in Todd Bowles and Byron Leftwich. He's not calling the plays. So I'm going to go with Sean McVay. I'm going to say Sean McVay gets the best of Bruce Arians because he is calling the plays. Yeah, I go Sean McVay. Sean McVay isn't hitting players against the helmet. (laughs) Jay, you can't let that go. I'm joking. It's all right. I I just think Sean McVay. A love tap. (laughs) I love love tap. I just think Sean McVay is, look, Tom Brady, Byron Leftwich, and company, so many added pieces there. I'm I'm not saying Matthew Stafford doesn't have a high IQ. But I, just with some of the schemes I've seen, seen Sean McVay draw up, uh, I'm going to give the edge to Sean McVay. What year did McVay take over the job? Was that 17 or 18? 17, right? Five years ago or something like 11 that. 11 and 5, 13 yeah, and 3, 9 and 7, 10 and 6, 12 and 5, and he never had Tom Brady. I'm going McVay. So Bruce Arians isn't he good? Is no, he's good. Bruce Arians is good. But they've had a – Bucks have had a – Whole lot. Could, could he could he be could he be fired if they yeah. don't win the Super Bowl, Max? No, Bruce oh, Arians wouldn't be fired please, if they don't win the Super Bowl. Please, no, please don't. It's why he's dragging me back every time <laughs> I think I'm out. He pulls me back in. Um, Monday Night Football's Lewis Riddick guys, who just saw the Rams' dominant performance on if the Rams can do it again versus the defending champion Tampa Bay Bucks, With a Super Bowl-winning coach, who, according to Key, is about to get fired for some reason, and a Super Bowl-winning quarterback. What a catch and what a throw. Just plug and play when it comes to Brady. Yeah, I mean, it's remarkable to think he's a year older than me. I've been doing this for over a decade. To still play at the level that he's, that he's playing is really incredible. Quite like I can't. Oh, spit that! Spit oh, this, that, Max. This this came so hard. Go back in the day. Go make you say go LL and do the wop. All right. Mm. Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio. Lewis Riddick remembers when this joint dropped because we're around the same age, right, Lewis? Lewis, is going like, on, nah. Lou. Lewis, like, yeah. <laughs> What's up? What's up? How concerned should the Bucks be about the health of their offensive line heading into their matchup with the Rams this weekend? Seriously concerned. Look, Tristan Wurst is an all-pro. 
Ryan Jensen, their starting center. Tristan Wirth, right tackle. Ryan Jensen, their starting center, is someone that uh, Tom Brady says is, you know, as good as he's played with and someone who he really does have a lot of confidence in and really feels as though he sets the tone as far as toughness on the offensive line. Now, if the Buccaneers are behind in that game at any point in time and the Rams can tee off with pass rush, you know they got two Hall of Fame pass rushers, plus they got another kid who in Leonard Floyd right now who's as good as any edge pass rusher in the NFL. So they got three guys that can absolutely wreck your quarterback. And you saw what happened in the Philadelphia game when Tristan Wurst went out, right? You saw what Ryan Kerrigan was doing to their backup right tackle, coming off of Tom's throwing arm side. He was killing him. He was throwing him on the ground every play. What do you think Von Miller's going to do to him? What do you think Aaron Donald's going to do to the interior of this offensive line if there's any kind of miscommunication because Ryan Jensen's not there or he's hobbled on that ankle? So, yeah, they have to make sure that this offensive line is shored up because even though they would like to run the football, this is a passing team. These guys play a passing type of game, and they're going up against one of the – well, they're going up against the number one team in the NFL as far as pass rush win rate in the NFL in the Rams. And Aaron Donald, who's beat more double teams than any other two players combined in the Ooh. NFL this year. Any other two players combined, Aaron Donald has beaten more double teams. Pick any two rushers you want. That's sick, man. Sick. That's ridiculous. So, yeah, their offensive line, Max, they better be healthy. Lou, when you when you look back at the first meeting between the Bucks and the Rams, the Rams obviously took them to the woodshed without having Von mm-hmm. Miller and OBJ and Cam Akers. To have that same sort of repeat performance this time around in the playoffs with the added addition of these guys, what do the Rams have to do? Mm-hmm. I think offensively, Key, I think they need to do what they've done ever since they took their beat down in San Francisco on Monday night that we had, which is if they can run the football with Sony and Cam Akers the way they ran it just uh, two nights ago against the Cardinals, if they can get that kind of balance, get Matthew under center and then have the passing game come off of that with play-action pass, then it could get to where they can do what they want to do because that is a very deadly combination. If it becomes just a straight drop-back game, I don't think that's their game anymore. And even though their offensive line is considered to be one of the better ones as far as pass protection when you use the data to kind of really um, analyze it, this is a team that really doesn't want to sit and drop back all the time. They don't want Matthew like you know sitting back there all the time like that. So when they stay balanced, they look like they did the other night. They look like they have over the past couple – they look like they did when they played San Francisco just two weeks ago, but they lost it late. And I think for the defense, again, to really play to its strengths, Keith, they need to play with the lead. Because when this team knows they've got you in third and six, seven, eight plus, and they've got a 14-point lead, 10-point lead, 17-point lead, look, Aaron and, and Vaughn and them are hell, man. That You can't deal with that then. Because now he's not, he's, they're not thinking about anything besides what kind of games do we want to run? What kind of moves do I want to throw on you this time? Do I want to bull rush you, speed rush you? How do I want to embarrass you this time? That's what those guys want to do. So, yeah, I think the offense needs to get off to a fast start, stay bounce. Defense needs to keep them in third and long. Because I'll tell you, if, if Tampa doesn't have their horses up front, this is going to be a wild one to watch. Lewis, let's talk about one of those horses that will be playing in the Titans-Bengals game and Derrick Henry, uh, it still blows my mind. It just had eight games a season. He finished top 10 in carries, yards, and rushing TDs, which is mind-boggling. But what kind of yeah. impact do you think he will have on this game considering the time he's had off, Lewis? 
Jay, just the fact that he's going to be out there, number one, you're right, is a miracle. Number two, his presence. Let's just assume that his conditioning and the pain level that he is in at this point in time, which I have no idea what it is, let's just say that it's up to par to where he could carry the ball 10, 15 times, 20 times. All right, when him, A.J. Brown, and Julio Jones were on the field together, which was something like 65 snaps or something like that this year, something ridiculously low, they averaged over just around seven yards per play, which would have been number one in the NFL. So you see what kind of impact he has on the run game, obviously, but the pass game also because the play-action passing game looks just absolutely ridiculous with him on the field because every single team is going to run eight-man fronts. You know it. You're, you'd be foolish if you don't. And A.J. and Julio are just going to feast off of one-on-ones in that way. Heck, A.J.'s been feasting off of one-on-ones even with Julio not being there. Hmm. So you know with both of them, if they can both last the entire game, it can get even worse. And look, the Bengals can rush the passer now. They can get after it. But it will slow guys like Trey Hendrickson down if, as he's trying to get to Ryan Tannehill, they're worried about playing the run first. Because all defensive linemen, when you have a strong play-action passing team, when they come off the ball, they have to check run, then convert to rushing the passer. It's not just go get the quarterback. So Derek changes all that for him being just, just by being there. Lou, the Titans getting ready to go up against, obviously, as you know, the young guns in Burrow and, and Chase and Mixon and Higgins mm-hmm. and Boyd. How can they slow them down enough to stay in this game? Yeah, it's going to be all about front and coverage, Key. All about front and coverage, meaning rush with four, which they can do in Tennessee. They can rush with four. They can get pressure on your passer with Autry and Harold Landry and Jeffrey Simmons. Those guys, those guys are a problem, and it's not like Tennessee – I mean, it's not like Cincinnati's offensive line has been world beaters this year. They've gotten their quarterback sacked more than any quarterback in the NFL. So those seven guys in the back end, what do you got to do? Well, you can't have it be seven on seven and have free releases all over the place and letting these guys run uncontested, whether it be outside the numbers, inside the numbers, whatever it is. You start with Jamar. You'd be foolish if you don't. You make sure number one isn't the number one receiver in this game. Because if he is, you're probably going to be in a dogfight and you may lose the football game. Make Joe look somewhere else. Make him look to T. Make him look to Tyler Boyd. Make him look to Uzoma. Make him run the ball with Joe Mixon. But don't let number one just have one-on-ones where he can just throw it up and say, go get it, big boy. Because he's embarrassed every corner in the NFL. Every single one. And I'll tell you what, Tennessee, as much as I love Mike Vrabel and as much as I love how he coordinates this defense in his own image, they don't have anybody that can deal with Jamar Chase. There aren't too many Mm. teams that do. Mm. Start with him. Get after Joe. Make sure you can get after him with four, and you'll probably be in this game right to the very end where maybe big boy number 22 can take over. Lewis, the Chiefs stopped the Bills last year in the playoffs. The Bills were retooled to beat the Chiefs. They've exercised the Patriots demon, and now it's on to Arrowhead. And this is my favorite game in a great slate of games. Can Mahomes rise to the challenge? Is he and the Chiefs, are they going to have to be better than they've been in order to beat this Bills team? No, I think they need to do what they have done now, let's just say over the past four or five weeks, which is be content in playing the long game on offense. Don't try to get the the big play over the top, the big shot play where Tyree can do backflips in the end zone simply because you're getting impatient. Make sure Darrell Williams is able to run the football. Make sure Travis is utilized first and second level in the middle of the field. And Patrick, don't turn the ball over like he did in the first game against Buffalo, which is ultimately what cost him. 
If they do that on the offensive side, they'll move the football methodically. They'll get their points. Defensively, here's the key, though. Defensively, Josh Allen cannot do to them what he, had, what he did to them in the first game, which was that's when you first saw Buffalo start using him as a runner. And I think it caught Kansas City off guard. Every single game where Josh has said, you know what, I can beat you with my arm. We all know that. But I can also beat you with, on quarterback design runs. If he does that to them, then it's going to be a long game for them. But Kansas City's defense looks up to the challenge. They look like a team, especially at linebacker now, with Nick, with Nick Bolton and Willie Gay. They have a lot of speed, a lot of youth at that position where they can neutralize quarterbacks who can run the football. So you're right. This is maybe the best matchup of the weekend. Um, this will be a great. This will be a great, um, a great chance for Kansas City to go ahead and, and see if they can even the score on Buffalo this year. Well, Chris Jones, you got to go get your guy. <laughs> That's so good. That's Monday Night Football's Lewis Riddick. Thank you, Lou. All right, Lou. All right, sweet Lou. You get some it, rest. Thanks. One NFL yeah, GM has committed to his starting quarterback for 2022, but do we believe that it's true? Do we believe it? Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. Believe it or not. Hola. Huh? Even Ripley is wondering, do you believe it or not? Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, and you heard the man. It's time to play Believe It or Not. Take it away, Evan. Oh, it's Larry David joins the show. Hey, Larry. How you doing, Larry? Love what? your show, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Love Great it. Great show. Great show. Not as good as Seinfeld, but still I think good. it's better than Seinfeld. What? What is he doing? All right, believe it or not, let's get started. Something? Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni committing to Jalen Hurts will be the QB1 for the Eagles in week one. Believe it or not, Key. I believe it. I believe it. I, I have to believe based on my eyes and what I saw in the growth of a young man that does not have a lot of stuff around him. They missed on the Jalen Rigger. They hit on the Devontae Smith. You grab another receiver to pair with him. You get some other pieces. They traded away Zach Ertz. But I do believe that he is the starting quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles on opening day. What the hell is so shocking about this? I mean, he exceeded expectations this year. He took them to the playoffs. I know when we have our guy Mike Tannenbaum on, he talks about, you know, 20 yards down the field or more, they didn't accuracy around that. But, I mean, the, the kid has something special there. Of course he's going to get another shot to play next year. If you're an Eagles fan, you're happy you have Jalen Hurts. He's yes. going to be the quarterback next year. Believe it. Believe it. Evan, that's your cue. Oh, okay. 
Um, Mike McCarthy will improve his in-game management next season, believe it or not. I, I think – I believe it. I think he will. Only if he gets Aaron Rodgers at quarterback and then gets fired. But anyway, um, no, he will certainly <laughs> improve. Because in the offseason, you do self-evaluations <laughs> on things that went wrong the prior year, and I think that they will do that only – Is he not just going to play Madden? Like, I really want to know. Is Mike what? McCarthy just going to sit there and play Madden all offseason to work on in-game? Because how other – what other way can but you work on in-game management? But right. I don't know what his in-game – in-game management has not cost them. Oh, it hasn't cost them. Key, key. Well, management – no, no, wait. Management. Hold on, Max. Hold on, Max. Hold on. I know that – Y'all Mike wanted McCarthy. to set that no, narrative don't say and y'all, run with let me finish. Can I finish, please? Can't even I know start. that you think Mike McCarthy is is a good coach. I'm with you on that. But just because they Not win me. games, it's like, hey, I've been part of a lot of games that we have won that maybe could have worked out differently when we go back and we look at the tape of the game. So let's not act like he hasn't had some in-game issues. They have. They've just been able to win with those in-game adjustments that he didn't make. You know a win what? is a win is a win. Cowboys dude, roster man. is pretty, pretty, pretty good. Pretty good, the Cowboys roster. And they couldn't get out of the first round. I'm starting to think that when Mike McCarthy, when they release us, oh, he understands the analytics now, he's caught up, the game passed him by, but not anymore. Not only was that BS at the time, which I thought it was, I think McCarthy privately is like, I don't care at all about that. I do not see him improving on that. Evan, I don't think he thinks it's a problem. I mean, like, what the hell do I know from where I'm sitting? But that's what it appears to me. Don't believe it. Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow, best wide receiver quarterback duo left in the playoffs, Jamar, believe it or Jamar, not. Jamar, I don't believe it. I think the best <laughs> left in the league is probably Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford. Well, I got was one. that, was that your Larry David, like, impersonation? Or, like, because it still sounded like yourself, even though you're behind the Larry David Who you got? Who picture. you got, Jay? What was the question again? Keith Best quarterback, me. ride receiver combination, left in the playoffs. Is it Burrow and Chase? I got one. It's not Burrow and Chase. I'll go Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams. And I will go Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. Ooh. I think that's Ooh. unstoppable in the playoffs, but we'll see. Mm. Patrick Mahomes is not the most trustworthy quarterback left in the playoffs, believe it or not. Such an interesting question. It's key. Is don't, he the most trustworthy? I don't believe it. I don't believe that. So he well, is the most trustworthy, you're saying? I'm so confused. Larry Davis. Yeah, I'm is really confused too now. What? <laughs> Do you believe that Patrick Mahomes is the most trustworthy quarterback left in the playoffs? I think all the quarterbacks are trustworthy. Who's the most trustworthy? Um, I'll go Aaron Rodgers. I don't believe Tom Brady. There you go. Trustworthy is such a tricky word, Evan. Probably that's why you should like Patrick. Like with yeah, the you game, know what? I'm going to say yes. Line, who yep. do you trust the most? I, I trust Patrick Mahomes the most. With the, like, you need a play to get made to win the Super Bowl. I trust Patrick I Mahomes trust the most. Aaron yep. Rodgers. I just Thank don't you. trust Matt. Thank you. I trust Tom Brady. <laughs> well, Watch my show. Jimmy G and Aaron Rodgers will swap teams this offseason, Believe it or not. I don't believe it. That's a Max that. Kellerman thing. I don't know some, if there's a like delayed response. Is he going to keep going? Yeah. I, I um, 
That's kind of just Larry's delivery. Yeah, it is. The show. <laughs> Good call, Evan. I um I don't know what to think with this question. To be frank with you, I have no idea what the hell Aaron Rodgers is thinking. That's why I chime into the Pat McAfee show every week to find out. Mm. We should have uh, Jeff Garland on the show to talk Chicago sports, Evan. He's a huge Chicago football fan. But um, Key, can you find him back there somewhere? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, I forgot what the hell the Believe It or Not was. All right, great. I'm going to move on to the next, next question. One. <laughs> Jimmy G should be the 49ers starting quarterback next season. Richard Sherman said this on his podcast. So Jimmy G should be the 49ers starting quarterback next season. Max, start with you since you passed on the last question. <laughs> I don't believe it. I think Aaron Rodgers should be the starting quarterback for the 49ers next season. Uh, there's a part of me that just wants Jimmy G to take the 49ers really far so he can sit there and say, see, see what I do for you guys. Yeah, he's you guys good. want to go with Trey Lance? I think he will be the starting quarterback next season. I do believe he should be the starting quarterback next season. 100%. 100%. All right, I want you guys to take a listen to Jimmy G's OC. This is Mike McDaniel, the first-year offensive coordinator of the 49ers. He was uh, – Asked a question by Mike Jones, who covers the NFL for USA Today and yesterday's presser. Take a listen. Mike. Mike. Um, what is it about Debo? Who? What's up, man? Mike Jones. Let's go. What's up? How you doing? <laughs> so, Mike McDaniel should get a head coach job based on that press conference alone. Believe it or not. Oh, jeez. Oh, I believe I'm it. I'm sure the NFL would love to hire him. I don't believe it, but I'm sure that some team thinks he's a boy wonder. Why well, the not? question was on that press conference alone. On that press alone. conference alone. Yeah. Yeah, I believe it. I it love it. I'd be entertained. I, I, yeah, I'm with that. I, I, I like that. Yeah. I like that to a degree. And then when he gets hired, I don't want to hear you complaining, Jay. Hmm. About uh, were you going to finish that sentence or was that like just uh, what happened? Well, no, I'm saying once he gets hired – I don't want to hear you complaining. Fill in the blank, Jay. Where did you get that picture of Larry David is what I want to know. Everything about what you've been saying over the last segment has been off. So one team looking for a head coach and GM, and they might head to the same team to get both. Key, the the Larry David head head coach and the GM. Big ass shoulders. The same team. To another team. That's next. Keyshawn J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio. A tiny LD head. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Matt's The Podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.